This is G-N-E, the podcast, golf and entrepreneurship with social media star, The Jazzy Golfer. And yeah, I, I got to hit a ball live on Sky Sports in front of Rory and Jason. And I remember looking down at my legs and they were like visibly shaking. And I just thought, please, please don't shank it live on telly. And actually, I got quite close to the target. So, you know, massive sigh of relief on my part. But I was incredibly nervous. Um but it was it was great. It was great, and then um, you know that was it, and I kind of um, you know went home in in awe, and you know a bit of a pinch me moment. Like did that actually just just happen? Um, and then a couple of weeks later, I woke up to like a hundred messages or something like, "Oh, you're in this video, you're in this video," and then I went and had a look, and I was in the nice golf video. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It was great. Welcome back to G&E, the podcast. This is episode 34, and as always, my name is Ryan Walker. I am your host and the founder of G&E Magazine. For all our first-time listeners today, G&E, the brand, is dedicated to the world of golf and entrepreneurship, and we are talking to people who are taking their passion for golf and turning it into their career in remarkable fashion. And With that in mind, I would like to introduce you guys to the Jazzy Golfer. You all have probably seen her on social media. Jasmine picked up golf just a mere 10 months ago, and since then she has been documenting her journey with the game via her platforms and has been on quite the adventure with the sport. She's grown a following of over 20,000 people on Instagram and Twitter, has been in a Nike golf commercial, which is just crazy, and is speaking at a conference next month about how to get more women in golf. And after listening to this interview, I'm sure you'll agree with this, that she is just a really cool person who is on a mission to get more women involved in the game. And so I'm looking forward to y'all learning more about Jasmine, a.k.a. the Jazzy Golfer, and would like to welcome her to the show. How's everything going today? Hey, I'm great, thank you. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm just looking forward to learning more about what you're doing for golf and more specifically women's golf and just diving into your story. So usually I like to start off talking a little bit about your background. And so do you mind telling us, you know, who the Jazzy Golfer is and why you started these social media accounts? Sure. Um, So I grew up in Southwest England, um, played a lot of sports. Um, I used to do loads, football, athletics, mixed martial arts, squash, badminton, you name it, I've probably done it. So I, I always kind of had a bit of a, a sporting um, sporting background. Um, I did economics at university and then went into financial services, which is what I do now as a, as a day job. Um, obviously something very different from what I do in my spare time with the social media stuff. Um, so in answer to your question, how did I you know, how did the Jazzy Golfer come about? Um, I was on a family holiday in October 2016. Um, we got a place in Portugal near a, a golf course. And I, I just got to a point where I was fed up of driving the buggy around and watching everybody else play golf. <laughs> so I just thought, okay, fine, you know, I'll, I'll you know, but sort of if you're, that, if you're that bored, just give it a go. So I thought, well, you know, I'll play hockey. So how... How hard can it be? And um, it went straight in the water. And uh, how how wrong I was. But that was kind of, you know, where I hit my first shot. And it just kind of grew from there, really. Um, 
obviously, um, unlike most places in the States, it gets very, very cold here in the winter. And, you know, when we came back to the UK, it was just freezing. I didn't know whether actually golf was something I wanted to do. And it got to about end of March, beginning of April um, last year. And I still had the bug and I still just really, really wanted to give golf a go. So I just thought, right, great, I'll do it. Um, and I took to social media like any millennial normally would and see who's out there, you know, who's the kind of young woman that's, you know, well, a millennial, I suppose, picking up golf and, and documenting their journey so that I can kind of relate to that and in the UK as well. And, and I went on and there really wasn't anybody. And I just thought, well, that's a shame. And I don't know, I just had a bit of a light bulb moment and I thought, well, you know, I'll start my page and, and I'll document my journey. And if other women can see that and, you know, want to pick the sport up or, you know, inspired just to give it a go, then, then you know, that would be that would be great. Um, that's how it started, really, in a, in a nutshell. Yeah. So kind of like many of us, you got the golf bug and decided to take to social media. You started an Instagram and Twitter account and decided to document your journey as a beginner, which I think people have obviously bought onto because you've you know gained a following of over 20,000 people and you're a big proponent of the women's game, which is really cool. And I think one of the things your fans like so much about you is your name. It's clever. And so how did you come up with the Jazzy Golfer? Well, um, my name is, is Jasmine. Um, so a lot of my friends call me Jazzy. Um, and it kind of started from there, you know, I, I you know, put all my kind of um, Twitter and uh, Instagram handles as the Jazzy Golfer. And then, you know, I kind of thought, well, actually, can I be clever about this and turn this into, uh, into a brand? And, you know, a lot of my sports clothes uh, are quite bright. Um, and I thought, well, actually, maybe I can, you know, wear Jazzy items because obviously, you know, golf can be perceived as a bit of a, a dull in some people's eyes <laughs> sport and I thought well you know let's let's make it more fun let's you know jazz it up a bit I suppose so I thought well I'll just wear kind of bright clothes and that kind of evolved into me very soon adopting some kind of really jazzy items and now you know my kind of brand is is to wear crazy jazzy outrageous items mostly kind of trousers and leggings uh on the golf course hey i love it and i think that's one of the best things about golf right now is all these new cool apparel brands coming out and you know really pushing it to a more modern athletic look and some people don't like it some people do i'm personally a huge fan and i think that is really cool and so you know along with your jazzy outfits as you say um and this modern apparel switch do you think it's helping bring people to the game of golf yeah, I really like it. You know, like we've got people like Puma and, and Nike that are really appealing to the younger generations. And I know that, you know, like high top golf shoes really does divide opinion. Um, you know, and wearing kind of trousers that look a little bit on the baggier side, should we say. Um, you know, they, they aren't for everybody. But I think if you're going to appeal to a younger generation, which is obviously the move that golf is trying to do, you need to you know, know your target market and what they're interested in. So, you know, like Nike taking a lot of the collars off their golf golf tops. Um, Puma, you know, putting out some really cool, edgy clothing. 
that's exactly what the younger generations want to see. And also, you know, you can see a, a golfer wearing some really cool, you know, golf clothes that you would want to wear yourself. You can relate to them a lot more and it might actually encourage a lot more people to, to want to play the sport and eradicate the notion that it's just for, you know, old, rich blokes. <laughs> Hey, absolutely. And I agree with you because, you know, unlike other sports where, you know, you wear a uniform, uh, golf, you actually get to choose what you wear when you go play. And I think obviously these, you know, these trendier, more modern looks are definitely bringing people into the game. But, you know, for yourself, besides, you know, wearing these jazzy outfits and and documenting, you know, your journey with golf, what is your mission uh, for your brand and your accounts? I mean, that's a really good question. I guess when I started this page 10 months ago, that would be, yeah, April it's you know way bigger than I thought it it would ever be um so even in the last kind of six months my mission has changed somewhat and obviously you know as brands develop organically anyway the end mission does too but I guess that being said I will always stay true to the reason that I kind of created my page in the first place and that is to you know promote women's golf and raise awareness And I guess, you know, in answer to your question about end mission or end goal, if I'm going to be really punchy, I'd really love to be able to make a difference, like a real difference. That that is that is kind of where I want to go. And obviously, I'll still keep the jazzy element. That's that's never going to go away. But you know, I think, like in all seriousness, I would genuinely love to make a real difference to the golfing world and and you know see kind of figures rise and and just work with people to get more women in golf playing golf and yeah that that would be awesome if i could do that well that is a fantastic mission and you know for yourself when it comes to you know making a difference what do you see that you can do to help grow the women's game because you know the way i see it is from the competitive side of things you know yes there isn't as much airtime. you know the purses aren't necessarily uh similar but i think um, it's starting to grow, you know, really well, even, you know, even from the junior to the collegiate into the professional level. But I think it's more the recreational player, you know, like yourself that needs encouraged to play. So, you know, what do you think uh, you can do to help grow the women's side of golf? There's, I mean, there's loads of stuff that can be done and I don't have all the answers and I'm sure I'm probably going to miss something out here. So I apologize. But, you know, some of the key things that stand out to me is just like, you know, equal facilities, you know, for example, as a basic at, at a golf club, you know, like St. Andrews, for example, although they allow female members, I believe there's no changing facilities inside the main clubhouse. You know, that's that's not great. It doesn't give off the right message. You know, even like stocking female equipment and clothing in the pro shop. Like I've been to some places and they haven't got anything and you just think, you know, it doesn't make you feel welcome. You know, like, equal opportunities as well you know just just again really basic stuff like equal access to tea times and competitions you know let's get rid of this priority tea times are reserved for men or women can only play, play on a tuesday because that just doesn't work for everybody especially now that you know you've got millennials coming up through the game and that are becoming interested you know like a game a, a competition on a tuesday that wouldn't work for me i, I work full-time you know, it needs to be a lot more flexible. Um, I guess other kind of key things are like respectful treatment. 
you know, there's, there's loads of surveys that have said that one of the barriers to women, you know, getting into golf is the kind of perceived elitism of the golf club environment and, and how daunting that environment can be. And, you know, I've, I've been to quite a few golf clubs or institutions to play where I haven't actually seen one woman and that's not very encouraging. Um, obviously, there needs to be a massive culture change as well. You know, clubs need to communicate the message to members that it's not okay to make sexist or derogatory marks remarks to women you know and this does still happen quite frequently unfortunately and you know members just need to ensure that they're polite and welcoming to new members that you know i'm sure a lot of people can agree with me when they say that there's still definitely an air of cliques you know in, in golf clubs and new members can be treated as outsiders you know they're not part of the long timers club and and also, when I say members, I mean all members. You know, I've known female members to be as exclusionary as, as male members. Yeah, and so you're basically saying that you think, you know, especially from the private side of things, there has to be a little more acceptance of the women's side of the game, and especially just with the small things like, you know, the locker rooms and the pro shops having women's clothing. And I know you're speaking at a conference in March about all this, about how to get more women in the game and joining clubs. And we'll talk about that uh, down the line in the interview. Uh, But for now, with the Jazzy Golfer itself and your Instagram and Twitter platforms, have you been able to, you know, inspire a few women to pick up the game and, you know, hopefully give it a go? Um, I I do get quite a few messages, actually. Yes, you know, I I get um, messages from kind of guys saying, oh, my girlfriend's seen your page and she wants to take up golf now and I get messages from young young ladies as well and, and kind of girls that are saying, you know, either I play golf and, you know, I really like what you're doing or I've picked up golf and it, you know, I, I love that. I think that's great. And actually one thing I should mention is I do think that, you know, in golf as a whole, there needs to be way more female role models and just, you know, representation of, of women. You know, as the saying goes, you have to see it to be it. So ensuring that they're, you know, a female representation at a golf club, for example, is, is really, really important. You know, female pose, female management, female representation on the board, you know, female groups to join, for example, that, that play together. And, you know, I guess kind of coupled with the social media side of things, definitely, definitely needs to be more coverage on the media. You know, there's a disappointing amount of coverage on women's golf. You know, like, um, also, actually, I think there's a misconception that women want to watch women play sports and men want to watch men play sports, you know. Um, I wrote something on Twitter not too long ago um, and I kind of I challenged somewhat uh, a kind of popular golf magazine because they claim to represent, you know, the, the kind of average golfer or just golfers in general and actually there were four tiny, tiny images of women. And I just thought, you know, if you're claiming to represent all golfers, women play a massive part in that. So you need to make sure we're represented too. And, you know, the reception to that was very mixed, more positive than negative. And actually one thing that surprised me a lot and I was really happy to kind of read was that I got lots of positive reception from men saying that they can 
relate to, to female pros a lot more because they can't bomb it down the fairway 300 million yards, you know, for example. And actually, you know, the kind of skill and the distances that the female pros are playing off, they can relate to that a lot more. And that's great. That's really great because it, it, it you know, it, it sends a message that, as I said, like women don't just want to watch women. Everybody can benefit from watching the women's game. And, you know, you've got the social media pages like the LEP, the Ladies European Tour social media page, I think is really leading by example in putting out some great social media content, you know, to engage a variety of audiences. And we need so much more of that. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I agree with you on that statement. I, mean, I personally really enjoy watching a women's game, you know, growing up, seeing my sister play. And then you also watch the LPJ tour and like what these, you know, girls can do. People like Lexi Thompson, Michelle Wee and everyone. Exactly. Is, it's amazing. These are some really seriously skilled women, like even in the Solheim Cup. You know, I think when um, Lexi Thompson was was quite seriously down um, and she she came back in the and I think she was like seven under after eight holes or something ridiculous. Like that's so impressive. So anybody that says women's women's golf is not skilled or boring needs to watch that because that was just awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. And I think too, and the comment you said a little bit back was, you know, you're talking about social media. And I think right now there's, and I've talked about this on, you know, almost majority of my podcast recently is, you know, this movement of golf becoming like rather cool. Like you got things like Top Golf coming out and new technologies and, and people creating Instagram pages to show, you know, their pursuit, you know, girls like Tanya Tari, you know, pursuing the LPGA tour, but also doing amazing trick shots and just in general. Oh, she's so cool. She's literally the coolest person I've ever met. Yeah, I met her when I was in New Zealand. Didn't you uh, put up a trick shot with her on your Instagram? I well, I tried. <laughs> I thought I thought uh, I thought I'd really nailed it, and I was like, "Yes, I've done it." You know, I've done her proud. And then when we watched it in slow mo, we realised that I hadn't actually managed to hit the ball first time. It bounced off the shaft, and then I hit it. You know, from there, and it was just like, oh no. <laughs> But it was it was still it was still better than the last one, so uh, I'll take. I that. tried doing the shots before, and I've failed every time. So <laughs> good for you at least making contact. So difficult. They are so difficult. Yeah, they really are. But I think that actually segues kind of perfectly into what I want to talk about next. Is since starting your brand, and this is something I talk about a lot on my podcast too. Is when you start something like this, you never really know what it's going to become, and then like you know things happen, and it's just crazy. And so. For you, I'd love to talk about, you know, doors that have opened up since you started the Jazzy Golfer. So maybe friendships you've made or, or opportunities to work with brands, things like that. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it did kind of escalate. And I don't think I had any idea where, you know, if you'd said to me six months ago, you know, you'd have, I don't know, 22,000 followers on social media. And, you know, you would have already met Rory McElroy and Jason Day and Charlie Hull, et cetera. I would have just said, oh, you know, no way, <laughs> no, no way. So yeah, it's been a massive surprise. Um, I guess the the main door that I think is important that's open to me is that it's given me a platform to not only share my story, but also to have a voice. You know, to challenge the the status quo and to kind of speak on behalf of many women and say, actually, this isn't okay, and you know, why why should we not be treated fairly at golf clubs, for example? And I guess due to the audience that I have now, more people obviously listen and engage with the message. And 
you know, it gives me the platform as well to support other women um, and institutions that are communicating the same message too. Um, you know, I'm speaking at um, an England golf event um, in March, which I'm really nervous about. Um, and there's like two, there's 200 delegates from about 85 golf clubs, and I'm talking about how to get more women into into their clubs. You know, I've been getting invited to certain events and kind of um, like majors or just competitions, which is going to be great. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm really hoping to go to as many competitions and, you know, majors, et cetera, as I can this year. Um, I've also been working with golf clubs and institutions um, in and around London um, and outside, actually, to, to get more women through their doors and to make their, you know, institutions or firms just more inclusive. And I just never thought that that would have, would have happened. And I, I genuinely, I guess like you, you know, and your success of the, the G&E magazine, I'm really, really excited even for the next six months to see where things can go because there's some really exciting things in the pipeline and I, I just, I can't wait. I mean, one thing I, would, I wouldn't I would mind adding is I, I was invited to the Nike event by Nike, but actually a lot of the opportunities that have come my way have been through, like, I'm sure you know, dedicating a lot of time behind the scenes. I think a lot of people don't realise how much time or effort it actually takes to, to run all these social media accounts and, you know, be active and whatever. And I... You know, I try to respond to all comments and messages, which is really difficult at times. But I guess, you know, some of it also comes from just networking and just sheer hard work and persistence. And, you know, when you're really passionate about something, you don't you don't mind doing it. Absolutely. And I couldn't agree more with that, the behind the scenes work. And sometimes people don't necessarily see that. And I think that's everything with entrepreneurship and when you're trying to create something, you know, influential. Uh, last week's podcast, who his name is Golf in Your State. He created a really cool golf photography business on Instagram. And, you know, from you know the front view, it looks like a luxurious life. But from behind the scenes, it's, you know, 12, 14 hour days, you know, really grinding, like you're saying, learning these social media platforms and building them uh, takes a lot of time and effort. Yeah. And, but I think like you're saying there is you show that passion and then because of that opportunities come. And I think that's always a really important, you know, message to get from things like this. And so I think on, on a fun note, I'd, I'd love to talk about how you got involved with the Nike golf club commercial in London, because I saw down your Instagram page, and, <laughs> you know, you're in it with Jason Day and Roy McIlroy. And I think that's the coolest thing ever. So can you uh, shed some light on that for us? Yeah. So, um, I got approached by Nike to, um, if, if I wanted to go to an event and I said, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. And then they said, obviously Roy and Jason would be there and we'd be in the audience, um, for a kind of Q and A and, uh, Rick Shields, um, the, the YouTuber was, um, interviewing them and it was, it was great. And then they kind of said, well, actually you're going to be, you know, down at the North Greenwich, um, driving range and you're going to be trying to hit some targets oh and by the way it's going to be you know live on sky sports it's like oh my god <laughs> and at this point i've been i've been playing golf like four months and i just thought oh please don't shank it live on television <laughs> <laughs> um so um in in between the kind of q a and going to the driving range um they kind of you know, asked a couple of us if we'd be happy to do a bit of filming. And so we said, yeah, sure, no problem. So, you know, we did a bit of filming in and around London, et cetera. Um, and then obviously we, we then went to the North Greenwich Arena and kind of hit some targets um, on on Sky Sports. And Henny, um, Goya and Seb on golf were kind of interviewing Rory and, and Jason just about the new kind of Nike wear, et cetera. Um, 
and yeah, I, I got to hit a ball live on Sky Sports in front of Rory and Jason. And I remember looking down at my legs and they were like visibly shaking. And I just thought, please, please don't shank it live on telly. And actually, I got quite close to the target. So, you know, massive sigh of relief on my part. But I was incredibly nervous. Um, and it was it was great. It was great. And then, um, you know, that was it. And I kind of, um, you know, went home in, in awe. And, you know, a bit of a pinch me moment, like, did that actually just, just happen? Um, and then a couple of weeks later, I woke up to, like, 100 messages or something, like, oh, you're in this video, you're in this video. And then I went and had a look, and I was in the Nike Golf video. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. I couldn't believe it. It was great. Wow, so they didn't even tell you you were going to be in it. It, yeah. just, it just came out of nowhere. Well, I don't know whether they knew, um, you know, what they wanted to do with the footage, because I think that's the case, you know, in, in a lot of situations where they get a load of great content and then obviously it has to be put together for something. And sometimes it doesn't go anywhere. So just I guess I was a bit lucky there, really. <laughs> yeah, well, congrats. I mean, people work their entire lives to, to get in with Nike Golf and four months into your golf career, you're already smacking shots in front of Jason Day and Rory and in and, and commercials. So. Uh, that's amazing. And I think that kind of you know, shows great to the point we we're just talking about, about uh, pursuing something you're passionate about with some hard work behind it. And so how is, how's your game now? How long have you been playing? You said 10 months, 10 months. And how are you playing? Properly, properly 10 months. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. I got my first kind of handicap in November because I had my first ever pro-am and Peter Finch, the YouTuber was my, my partner. Um, so it was actually 44 pairs and we came second i couldn't believe it i'm sure he carried me but you know it was it was it was great fun and it's stuff like that that really just keeps me going on you know the the kind of mission to promote women's golf and to be the jazzy golfer that's that's great and so you know kind of on that topic of you know being a beginner and, and really just you know trying to get good at the game you know what would be a tip you have for you know a young woman or, or even just anyone trying to you know pick up golf and get started i guess it's it it's a game that requires a lot of skill so you know the first thing i would say is golf is hard it is difficult but it's great fun um persistence is key I guess don't be afraid to make loads and loads of mistakes um, because you will <laughs> and just make sure you learn from them, I suppose. A bit like life, really. Um, if you can afford to, I would recommend getting fitted for clubs. Like it, it was an absolute game changer, literally, for me when I got fitted for golf clubs. Um, I'm kind of <laughs> embarrassingly shorter than the average woman, shall we say. I'm five foot two. Um, so actually, they took quite a few, you know, inches, I think, off my golf clubs. And that made a massive difference to my game. Um, don't compare yourself to pro golfers. You think, like me, that you're going to be Lexi Thompson, you know, yesterday. Because it, so it's a hard slog, but, you know, it's great. When you hit that one flush shot, that's, that's the thing that keeps you coming back. Um, I guess just enjoy it. You know, there's nothing better on a sunny day you know, walking on the golf course with friends, having a good chat and playing a bit of golf. I could not agree more with that. That's what it is all about. And I think once you kind of, you know, get past that, it's a hard game and you're not necessarily going to perform well every day and just enjoy it. It's when, you know, you, you really find, you know, why it's such a great sport and, you know, hopefully why we continue, you know, to, like everyone involved trying to help grow the game can do so. 
And, you know, kind of on that note, really, to, you know, close up the interview would be, you know, so what is your mission for Jazzy Gofford? Do you hope this is a full-time thing at some point, or are you just going to keep going with your job and, you know, work on this as a passion for yourself? Um, to be really honest, I'm not sure. I mean, obviously, I would absolutely love to do this full-time, and that would be my aim. I never thought that could be my aim. <laughs> But it will definitely be something I aim for, even if it's a, a part-time thing. I would love to to think that I could do that, you know, and just work with clubs and institutions and just, you know, continue to to promote women's golf and work with all these, you know, amazing golfers and amazing people and very talented, a lot of them. Um, and just, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to do it full time. Fingers crossed, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, Jasmine, this has been an absolute pleasure learning about the Jazzy Golfer. And, you know, I think you, your thoughts on the women's game are, you know, spot on. And, you know, hopefully, you know, with this podcast and, and just overall with, you know, everyone's efforts, we can continue to, you know, get this game out there and, and do our best to grow it. Yes, exactly. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop for sure. Well, Jasmine, that was awesome. Thanks again for taking the time out of your busy schedule. And to all our listeners today, thank you everyone for tuning into GNE, the podcast. Make sure to go over to our website, gnemagazine.com, spelled G A N D E magazine.com, and check out the feature to go along with this week's episode. So head on over to the website, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Subscribe to the online newsletter, which comes out every Friday, so you never miss new content and inspiring golfers and entrepreneurs from around the world. And once again, my name is Ryan Walker, and I thank you for listening today.